and he was talking about how he doesn't know a single person who is not exposed to porn before they were 18, like before they're an adult. He's like, it's never when you're an adult. It's always when you're a kid. Like he didn't even know what sex was. And he was exposed to pornography when he was like 11. And I think that's the scariest statement because you, you keep reading on and, and it's out there on the internet, you can find it. He says that his understanding of sexual intimacy was informed yeah. by pornography. Hey everyone, for this episode of The Vantage Point, we are going to have our special guest, Bradley Thomas. He is the executive pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church, but he is also the dad, or Faja, of My Brody Faja. Thomas. That's My right. Padre. So, I do want to say on the front end, we're going to be talking about a really heavy topic, and this is actually part one of three parts in looking at pornography. And so today we're going to be focusing on the problem of pornography. Uh, and then our very own Brody Thomas uh, next episode is going to be talking about his testimony and how the Lord helped him walk through pornography. And then we will end our part three with the breaking of pornography and how to get out of that cycle. And so we think this is going to be a great podcast, but we do want to say there's going to be a lot of uh, very serious conversation with these episodes, but I am confident that the Lord is going to use these to minister both to us and to others, and we are going to dive right into this. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Vantage Point. Today, we're going to be talking about something kind of heavy, and I do have to preface that, but we're going to be talking about pornography and pornography addictions. Specifically, today, we're going to be hit more on the guys' context. Yeah. Now, do we do have to say this is a problem that ranges not just guys. It's growing in the girls, so it's becoming basically everybody. But really, I just wanted to list off a few of these stats, and then y'all can help chime in on how these make you feel, or maybe just the craziness of it. So the first one is, porn is present in nearly 85% of all age groups. So when we say it's not just men and women, it's everybody. Men, what? Well, I was just going to say, in line with that same statement, one of the crazy stats that as we were researching this that I found out is, is anywhere from age 8 to 13 is the average for yeah. both male and female exposure to pornography. So when you hit that statement of like 85% of all age yeah. groups are actively watching porn, that's like, think about it, eight-year-old children and it, it becomes a crutch. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I mean, you're right. And that's the sad part is, and we'll hit that more later about yeah. how the porn industry is literally latching onto every single age group because they want money. Yeah. They don't care about you. They don't care about your happiness, health, anything. They're out to just get your cash. So yeah, men is 84.5% actively watch pornography and females mm. estimated to be which is we don't really know because is actually most females don't even talk about the pornography addictions 70.2 percent to 89.5 percent which is a huge range yeah they have that's gone up i remember three years ago my friend was saying it was like 61 so if it's gone up to 89 well and I'll, I'll probably share about this a little bit later but again we said it's a, it's a guy conversation but even in atlanta i had situations where i walked with three different females through pornography addiction and yeah. the, the ramifications of that addiction in their life. So this all helps us paint this picture of why are we talking about pornography? Because it is intertwined into American culture. Yeah. And I would, I would argue period culture in general in ways that is unfathomable. Like even as yeah. you're reading these stats, I'm dumbfounded. Yeah. And it gets worse, unfortunately. <laughs> 93.2% of boys and 61% of girls are exposed to porn before the age of 18. Yeah. At this time, we wanted to take a break from the podcast because as we look at the 
issue of pornography, and we talk about the statistics of pornography, it's really important that we identify and clearly describe the fundamental problem with pornography. Uh, this is such a, a rampant issue in not just the lives of, of, of men, boys, but also female. And it doesn't matter who you are, your age, your ethnicity, um, and sadly, your gender. This is a huge problem. Pornography yeah. is a huge problem. Yeah. And it's seeping into every part of society. Absolutely. And every age group. So the fundamental problem with pornography is that it desensitizes you to pleasure. It, 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 it sensitizes you to lust and, and crippled in willpower. These are some of the things that modern science is unearthing about the effects of pornography on the brain. Literally, when we say that pornography is addictive, and we go into this a little bit later on in our episode, but it does rewire your brain. And it's almost like if you could think about somebody making a, a, a permanent cut in wood, there's no going back from that. That scratch, that cut, like it's there in the wood. It's dented in. And so when you are uh, engaged in pornography, it has a crippling effect. And honestly, the fundamental problem with pornography is not just that it shapes your brain, it changes how you think. There's also a culture within pornography yeah. that is exactly, or not exactly, I'm sorry, directly counter to the gospel. Yeah. When we talk about porn culture and just really the abuse that surrounds it for these women that are in the, the industry, yeah. and men too, I mean, it, doesn't, it goes both ways, it really directly contradicts the gospel and the way we should view human life. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a few contrasts that we want to draw right here from a few resources we've collected that I think really speak into this. If you want to just Absolutely. Go the first one. So like, let's just talk about pornography's effect on the body. So yeah. again, we, we want to have a biblical perspective with how we're addressing everything in life. Like that, honestly, that's the purpose of this podcast is what is a biblical worldview that would address the issues of pornography. And so what scripture would say, the Bible would say about the body, Luke twenty two nineteen says, this is my body, which is given for you. That's specifically the words of Jesus. This is my body given to you, given for you. Hmm. It's the sacrifice of Jesus. That's what we see in the gospel. But then when you look at porn culture, this is her body taken by me or his body taken by me. Yeah. You are essentially objectifying an individual on the opposite end of the screen and you're taking something from them, which is crazy because there's an intimacy when we think about the exchange of a body, right? This is my flesh given to this flesh. That, that, that's the biblical understanding of how two would come together in marriage to be one and that sexual intimacy would happen. Yeah, There's a giving of that body. And in the same way, Jesus gave his body for us, right? That's, that's where you see this beautiful picture of the, the church and Jesus in marriage. Christ is the husband, he's the groom, and the church is the bride. So that's why Ephesians 5 would talk about how we as husbands, because mm -hmm. there's two guys in the room here, yep. are to sacrifice and love our bride as Christ loved the church. But then when we think about porn culture, it's saying this is her, her body, not your wife, yeah. someone that you don't know, someone that you have no connection with, someone that you are completely objectifying, and you are taking something that has actually been taken from her. Because yeah. the porn industry is coercing her, potentially abusing her, deceiving her, all for the profit of money. And so it's completely counter to the gospel. Also, let's look at the gospel. This is what the gospel says. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 4, 17. 
porn culture would say, relax, there's nothing wrong with your fantasies. Yeah, that's sad. So in the gospel, we're thinking about living heavenly mm-hmm. with a heaven-minded focus. That's the whole point in the Sermon on the Mount. You will experience true pleasure, true joy, true satisfaction when this is how your life is. Blessed are you, the meek. Blessed are you, the fill-in-the-blank from Scripture there, yeah. all through Matthew and then you've got porn culture who says, "Hey, there's nothing wrong with your fantasies. Hey, this is all Fantasy. acceptable." Yeah, yeah, and your your lustful fantasies that Absolutely. don't actually exist mm-hmm. and take from you. That's the sad part about that too. Well, and porn paints a a a false picture of what sexual intimacy is. Yeah, not even paints a false one. It 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 is false. Yeah, what you see those actors doing, if you can call them actors is not reality. Yeah. It's just not. And and porn, I will say this in that you've got a almost like a slave relationship between the two people partaking in that pornography where the woman or the man depending on the perspective is objectified and used and abused for the purpose of satisfying the other partner. Yeah. Whereas in a biblical understanding of marriage and sexual intimacy, you're serving one another and you're loving one another and you're caring for one another. You're not taking advantage no, of the other person. it's an equal playing field. Yes. Yeah. All right, so the gospel would say, moving on, your life is hidden with Christ in God, Colossians 3.3. 3. Porn culture in that same vein would say, your life is found in you and your hidden adventures online. Mm-hmm. It's again hidden. Your life is hidden it's isolated. Yeah. It's all that's where the porn culture tries to grip their teeth in your life. They want to isolate you from any aspect of community. Which I mean scripture would say that which is done in darkness ultimately is going to come to light. to light. Yeah. And so there is no such thing as hidden adventures online. Now you may for yeah. a season be able to hide it, but it seeps into your life and we talk about that in part 2. Um but our life is hidden in Christ. And that's the beauty of the gospel. You go on, treat older women. I love this one. As mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. First Timothy 5.2. Porn culture says, treat older women as cougars and younger women as barely legal. Yeah, that, that right there is, I think, the most um, gripping one for me. Because it's like, that is literally what porn is doing to people. Mm-hmm. It's saying, here, objectify women completely don't treat them as your equal don't treat them as someone of value they don't have value they're here for your pleasure that's it and that is so counter to what jesus teaches us throughout the whole gospel and really even the bible in general to what we should be living 100 absolutely it's a again it's 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 encouraging you to push the boundaries and ultimately cross the boundaries. So I would argue when you look at all these teachers that are having sexual relationships with minors, yeah, it's because they've been influenced and informed by pornography. Yeah. And it's it's giving them a reality that is not real. It's right? Fantasy. So so it's fantasy. It's yeah. not it's not real. And and then there's real life consequences. Now I'm not saying that that people who 
do that are are then justified by the porn industry like it, it's the porn industry's fault like they are responsible for their own actions but yes. it's because they've gone down this bunny trail and their brain has been so misshaped by a culture that does not care for them i mean i think we talk about it later on about how porn is a cancer it can be compared to that so it's going to grow grow and grow and grow absolutely you're never going to be satisfied with just one or two yeah you're always going to want more yeah and that's going to lead you to do more yeah to force people into more, whatever it may be. Mm. It never ends with just this like little light, little addiction. It always grows. Yeah, nothing is ever enough. No. It'll eat and eat and eat and eat until there's nothing left. Yeah. Uh, lastly, the gospel says this is eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John seventeen three. porn culture says this is real life that we would never be denied our every sexual desire, no matter how misogynistic or demeaning. Yeah. So you've got, you go from one hand in the gospel, this is eternal life. You have the true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Like that's what we're holding on to versus this porn culture that would say it's all about you. The gospel, it's all about Jesus, porn culture, feeds into the sin of our lives. It's all about you. You need to be yeah. catered to. It's you selfish. Need to, and, it's, and it's the darkest parts of you that need to be elevated. Whereas sin would say, uh, like John Owen says, you either kill sin or it's going to be killing you. Yeah. This says you indulge your sin and you'll be satisfied. When in the reality is if you, if you do indulge that sin, it will consume you and destroy you. Yeah. Yep. So I think Slow, we're going to... Slowly transition back into our podcast and we're going to talk about terry cruz and, and just kind of what he what his perspective is when it comes to pornography and how it shaped him we were talking me and jay were talking about terry cruz had a testimonial and he was talking about how he doesn't know a single person who is not exposed to porn before they were 18 like before they're an adult he's like it's never when you're an adult it's always when you're a kid like he didn't even know what sex was and he was exposed to pornography when he was like 11. And I think that's the scariest statement because you, you keep reading on, and, and, and it's out there on the internet, you can find it. He says that his understanding of sexual intimacy was informed yeah. by pornography. And, and we talked about this yesterday, Bradley, a little bit before this podcast even, but think about the ramifications of that, Brody. Like, so you've got the top three things that are searched are um, family pornography, yep. mean, meaning father, daughter, Son, mother, pornography. Mm-hmm. That, that's, just, so that's, that's educating our children. Yep. Animalistic pornography, yep. meaning sexual intimacy with animals. Transgendered pornography. I mean, that, we're talking about some yeah, homosexual. sick homosexual pornography. I mean, yep. And this is how rape, incest, pornography. And again, yep. these are serious topics, but that's, that's educating people, not just guys, but people for what sexual intimacy looks like. I mean, that, that's, that's significant. Yeah, and that's, that's the problem is you have to think, this is the one, I'm gonna just gonna say this stat real quick. The porn industry rakes in $16.9 billion a year in the US alone. That's not global, that's in the US. So not only are they targeting youth now and profiting off it, they are also like changing the way people should view the biblical way that sex is supposed to be experienced within marriage. Well, in line with that, read that next stat. 
Which one? Literally the one right after that. Sixty-four <laughs> percent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of professing Christian men, and I, I we don't know the statistic for professing Christian women, but I would say it's pretty close to that. Watch porn monthly. Yeah. So that that's literally in line with what you're talking about with mm-hmm. how it's shaping. Forget what Scripture says. This is shaping our understanding of sexual intimacy yeah. within marriage, outside of marriage. Oh. Well, you're getting close to having a whole generation who's been raised on it who then will start having kids. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a very scary thought. Uh, because what you were talking about earlier, I, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, but I don't believe, I believe the stats show that your mind doesn't fully develop until you're, you're finished developing until your late 20s. Yeah. 25. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 25. So if you think about that, if it hits you on the average of age eight, which is ridiculous because it is predatory, mm-hmm. then you grow up thinking that's the norm. Mm-hmm. And this has been going on for a while. So now, think about that. 25 years old, you're old enough to have your own child. Yeah. Correct. So if that's all you know, then that's how you're going to raise your kid. Or, or think that it's okay for your kid to be yeah. that way. Yeah. Because your mind's think, warped. Yeah. We have to think of generationally. Generationally, you have to think that that is going to have impacts that last years and years and years down the road. Absolutely. And we're already seeing the forefront of it. Like, the reason these stats are so high, they are higher than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Right here. Phones. And yeah. not only that. So accessible. It's so accessible, and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about breaking free from porn, Yeah, is how easily accessible it is. But really, really what we have to talk about today is what is, what is the root problem? What is yeah. the problem with pornography? How does it take away from what we really should be experiencing God's initial design for this? And um, what does the Bible say? How do we put that in a context with what we're hearing at school? So if I'm a you know, teenager going to school, I'm probably, you have countless friends. I mean, when I was in high school, it was like this. People are showing porn in the locker room to each other. Like, oh, dude, watch this. In sixth grade, I remember sitting in my homeroom and people were talking about masturbating and like what color their sperm was. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. Sixth grade, normal conversation wasn't even a surprise. And I'm sitting there like, what Mm -hmm. are you talking about? How old are you? 31? I'm 31. So we're talking about, this was what, 2000? I mean, sixth grade, you're what? 12? 20 years ago? Yeah. 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 20 years ago, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And like, you know, you're talking about probably exposure to pornography at that point is a magazine yep. or maybe a web browser. Mm-hmm. Not like now where it's literally you can be on Instagram or Twitter like we've talked before yeah. and it, boom, pops up. Well, he, oh, go ahead. I'm 49. That never happened. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Until like, uh, I didn't know really anything about it or exposed to it until I was in college. Yeah. So you, I'm just saying, it's, so you think about how it's getting younger, 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 and younger, and that's the scary part. When it becomes so much a part of their everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, like people do it, you know, they're exposed to mm-hmm. it weekly. They're indulging weekly. Well, there's the hooks too. Daily. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, 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 you know, there is the, like you just said, the stats where you can get to it easily. Yeah. But let's say you don't go that route. Well, just scroll Twitter. Correct. Look at TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like just the enticing to get more mm-hmm. exists in our world. And I think that's, and I know we're going to get into your story. I think that's what got you. Is, yeah. is it was the hook? It started with little things. Yeah, and, and never it never starts with full blown. Usually, no. it typically, doesn't start with full blown porn. Right. It starts with something like that's on the edge, mm-hmm. and then you're they instantly pull you in with that, and you're like, because you're they hit your that side of your brain that's like, oh, what's this? That's interesting. The um, curiosity. Which I do. Of it. I do think we need to make it very clear too. Like, what a tool of the enemy. Like, this is a yeah. clear tool of the enemy. Like, this. Absolutely. This, if you look throughout Scripture, this is how he attacks. Mm-hmm. 
as simple as going to Jesus in his temptations. He's just trying to enter in, well, th- this would be acceptable, right? Yeah. Like, uh, surely you can do this. And that's exactly how the enemy is working. In fact, exactly. A, we, a slow process and pull correct. into it. It's, it's correct. A- absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's taking over. There was a stat I was going to, oh, I, I didn't put it on here, but there was a study done. And just to go back with, you're talking about the different categories that are most searched. 90% of pornographic films have a, a, an act of aggression yep. in, in it, which was done by a study group at a university. And they had found that people who, uh, they were starting to normalize those acts of aggression as things that you just did. Mm-hmm. And that's even, that's just a whole nother thing. You know, if you want to talk about rape culture and you want to talk about the Me Too movement, if you respect women in any way, you, will, you should be looking at these things and thinking, that is not right. Correct. But it's changing your mind. In a way, you're becoming a hypocrite because culture is telling us, oh, well, we need to talk about sexual abuse. We need to talk about all this stuff. But you're filling your mind with pornography that is showing active sexual abuse, rape. There is like a crazy stat that's saying, I think it's like, it's like 10% of people who are in porn were trafficked into it. They were yeah. forced into it. Yeah. So you have no idea if you're watching someone who is being forced into sexual acts that they don't want to do. Correct. They're drugged. They're often raped, harmed, HIV and, and AIDS. That's, that's a recent story that's like exploding. Three, I think three ex like pornographic stars have come out that they are HIV positive now. So it's moving around and these like people, they're not testing. There's like so many different things that, that's going on. And you have to think that these are people who come from terrible situations. You know, you don't start, like you don't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to be I'm going to be in porn. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the whole world look at me exposed and long for that satisfaction. You know, you get propelled into that through issues. And I think one thing that we can hit on is right here we have conditions that stem from pornography. So not only is it affecting my generation and now it's affecting every generation, really 85% of all age groups. So that's crazy. But we got to talk about what is what is porn taking from you? You know, what is it taking from you that you should be experiencing in a context of marriage or in a context of purity and walking with walking with Jesus as a non-married and single? Like, what does that look like for that context? All right, so in order to have this conversation about pornography, we really have to set the groundwork with biblical sexuality and, and really human sexuality. So human sexuality, in, including all of its physical, emotional, and spiritual intricacies, was first and foremost from God. It was God's invention. So when we start talking about biblical sexuality, we have to address that this is something that was designed by God. And he gave sexuality to his human creation as a gift with really, honestly, two functions, right? It was to multiply the human race, right? As well as create an intimate bond between husband and wife. It's, it's that understanding of sexuality that leads us to understand intimacy with God in greater ways. And so the wrong use of sexuality, it actually destroys intimacy with God and it substitutes sexuality in his place. Meaning when you do not have a biblical understanding of sexuality and and you speak to this, Brody, you actually elevate sexuality or a distortion of sexuality, pornography as an idol. Yeah. 
and it becomes what you worship and it diminishes your worship of God, yep. which is where we're going to address this later on in our podcast. But you live these tool dual lives and, and, and scripture says you cannot serve two masters. You're going to serve one. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people try to do is they try to they have try to have their cake and eat it too. But it's very clear. God designed sexuality, biblical sexuality, for a purpose. That purpose was to to multiply as well as experience the intimacy between a husband and wife, which reflects the intimacy between God and his people. Yeah. And porn only steals that. And it only steals it, yeah. So the the further you go into marriage, I mean, think about your context of marriage when you're getting married to future wife if or husband, Lord willing. Um, imagine if you are constantly getting sexual gratification from images and videos online instead of that person. Yeah. How would that make them feel? Mm. Unloved, probably. Yeah. And your connection would be diminished immediately. Absolutely. So you live that du- duality, the two lives, and they're going to crash into each other. Which I think there's a theme here that we see. Whatever God creates, Satan perverts. Mm. And so it's not shocking that pornography is a direct result of Satan perverting God's design for sexuality. Yeah. And like when we talk about perverting, we mention this. Animalistic sex is one of the highest viewed things. Abusive and rape pornography is highly yeah. viewed. Incestual, which means father, daughter, mother, son pornography. I mean, that is a pure distortion. Homosexual, it, sexual it, pedophilia as well. Pedophilia. I mean, it's it's disgusting. And so we have to understand that, it, you know, it's not going to take long when Satan works for a fallen world to distort and destroy God's sacred gift of sexuality. And pornography is evidence of humanity destroying God's sacred gift of sexuality. Yeah. And that's literally, we see it as pornography now and how crazy it is, but this distortion of biblical sexuality, I mean, this goes right to the beginning after the fall. Yeah. We start seeing sexual immorality. Yes. Yeah. And we're just dealing with the aftershock. And I would say even it's just grown. It's like a wildfire at this point. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And that's what's crazy. You can trace it all the way back. Now that we've taken this break... We're going to dive right back into this conversation about pornography and just continue on. When you talk about the Me Too movement and when you talk about the culture saying we need to respect women, like the, these are all things that are yeah. true. Like, so we were joking about WWE wrestling earlier and they used to objectify women like crazy and they don't do that anymore in fact women are now on the wrestling card they're significant i i would argue that those movements were born out of a systematic failure within culture when it comes to pornography so all of those things the me too movement all of that was created from people who were watching porn privately but not publicly yeah and so they're treating women like they're seeing women be treated even though and, and this is where it gets so twisted. They know that's not even right. Yeah. Or at least, I, you know, I can't speak for everyone. Obviously, some of them don't care. Yeah. But to some degree, you're right. It is very hypocritical. And not only do, do, does the porn industry affect people who are active observers and participators of porn, like watching it and, and, and whatever, participating in masturbation, but even those brought into it. Mm-hmm. They start watching porn and then they're brought into it yeah. too. So like, you know, I've shared a story. I walked with a 13-year-old girl 
who was watching porn and someone who she thought was a 15-year-old boy mm. reached out to her and she started to follow it. And, and literally, had her dad not intervened and, and praise God he did, she was going to be trafficked. Atlanta yeah. is, I think, number two now in the most trafficked city. Yeah, yeah. we lived in Houston. Houston was one. So, yeah. so. They're, I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible. Mm. And I do think it's important for us to understand all of these things started with, like what you said, you were exposed with a magazine or you were exposed with a web browser. Now yeah. it, is, it is so yeah. rampant and wild. It's, yeah. So, yeah. So go back on. So, sorry. I just thought that was no, important I mean, to say that these are, we think about the effects of the one who's observing, but the yeah. effects of the people who are even bystanders or become observers that then leads into participators mm-hmm. and they take advantage of you. I Porn is I, I evil. Mean, I know we're going to get into this, and I think that the way to attack it, and you just said this, is because of the accessibility and the predatory ways, it, it used to be parents could just protect their kids until a certain point, yeah. right? You can't do that anymore. And I think that's the real, what we realize as a parent. I thought I was protecting him, mm-hmm. but the accessibility and the predatory ways of it is so it's they're, your, your kids are going to be exposed to it. So you got to learn how to equip your kids. Yeah. Not only do you have to learn how to equip yourself, but you have to learn how to equip, equip your kids to overcome it. It's not a matter of if they're going to be exposed. They're going to be exposed yep. to it if they haven't already. Yeah. So again, to what you said, and I know we're off on a bunny trail here, but I'm going to start having the porn conversation with Judah when he's probably eight years old. Yeah. You're going to have to because the school's, Maybe seven. he's going to hear about it in school. Absolutely. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And what? That's terrible. How sad is that? Terrible. Eight years old. <laughs> like, I look at my, he is four years old right now. In four years, I'm yeah. going to be sitting here and saying, son, yeah. there's an evil in the world you need to know about. Yeah. And I need to be the one to tell you about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, that's heavy for a dad that's to tough, have man. to do. No, I mean, you're right. And that's the thing is, I think what's, what we're not, what we're finding out now in this generation, and that's what hard was with my generation, we were kind of the forefront. Of yeah. Like you were when, essentially the test. Yes. It was like, the porn issue was like, oh, we can get in every one of their mm-hmm. phones. We can yeah. be so accessible. Yeah, like, let's so do right. that. And then now we're seeing those effects in my generation when, like, it's crazy. I think the stats for Gen Z were like 98.5% of men, like Gen Z men, yeah. boys struggled with an active pornography addiction either watched it once a month or more and that was just my my age group of people so when i got to college and we'll, i'll talk about this more later there the lord freed me through an act of the holy spirit and accountability yeah and I, that was the only way i was able to find freedom and walk in that freedom Thanks, everyone, for listening to The Vantage Point. We hope that this has been insightful for you. Obviously, pornography is something that runs wild in our country, specifically with men and women. Um, And the enemy uses it within the Christian sphere as well. So part two, we hope you can join us because we're going to be looking at the story. It's going to be a personal testimony, actually Brody's testimony, about how God delivered him through pornography and how he worked in his life and specifically the relationship that Brody and his dad Bradley Thomas had as they walked through that and so I know you're going to be encouraged by that but we hope you will join us for part two.